she bought that. The 70s one? No, oh. I did. Oh. <laughs> Bitch. You're listening to The Fitting Room with Brooke and Bachuga. He's like, he's got allergies, so I'm like oh, trying to. Me too. I know, I, I, really? Yeah, me too. Surprisingly, I've oh, never had allergies before, like, and, and this year it's been really weird. I don't know, maybe. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it changes. They say that, like, you, you develop new allergens uh, depending on your environment. And, uh, yeah. There you have it. Because that, that's what happened to me yeah. um, when I moved to college and I was living on a farm. I was like, what? I was never exposed to those yeah. things. So, But they go away. Too. Okay, good. As long as I don't get any mm-hmm. food allergies. Like, I'm fine with a little sniffles here and there. But, like, yeah. if I'm allergic to any food, uh, that would be a bummer. Um, oh, I yeah. Love food. Thankfully, I don't <laughs> suffer from that. I know. Speaking <laughs> of food... Um, Thank you for coming over for dinner What's up? the other night. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. Last when was it? Two day, two nights ago, yeah, right? Yeah. It was yeah. That day was really tough for some reason. Like, I woke up in the morning and just, you know, interestingly enough, you know how we last week's discussion uh, on the pod was about the myth of Sisyphus yeah. and how uh, prevalent you know, that feeling is of having to quote unquote drag the rock. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it was really interesting that that was one of the themes of party girl yeah. as well. Yeah. So the reason why I went over to uh, dinner was because you had a really great idea to uh, have movie night <laughs> and watch and watch Party Girl with Parker Posey, the 1995 film. Yeah. So yeah. I remember as we were watching it, there were a lot of aha moments that both you and I had. Well, de- definitely with the fashion, which was yeah. why you decided to watch, uh, to get together to watch the film. Yes. But then again, there were a lot of these recurring themes of uh, the myth of Sisyphus, existentialism, mm-hmm. alcoholism, yeah. too much too much partying, yeah. childhood trauma. Literally everything it we talk really, about. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I remember giving you the the entire synopsis of the film as 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 the end was uh as she was discovering that she wanted to be a okay spoiler alerts clearly don't you know if you're if you haven't seen the film we're definitely going to give a lot of spoilers away so and for those of you that maybe like because I really like, there's a few film podcasts that I listen to where yeah. um, if I know ahead of time, like what movie they're talking about, um, I'll try yeah. and watch it like beforehand, just so it, I, it's like listening along with pals or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, for anyone that clocks this title and um, wants to watch Party Girl, it's actually streaming. Uh, we found it on Peacock. Yes. So if you have the Peacock app, um you know, uh, it's definitely available there. So if you want to watch and then obviously follow along, but yes. yeah, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, 
Uh, the scene where she, where Parker Posey, uh, who plays Mary in the film, uh, when she discovers that she wants to be a library technician, what was it? I forget. Like a clerk, yeah. But she's going, at the end, she decides to go back to school. Yeah. I think become like an actual full-fledged librarian. Librarian, right? Yeah, she's like clerking throughout the film and then at the end she's like okay wait this is what I want to do I want to be a librarian exactly exactly as towards the end of the film when she spirals during the main party scene uh I had that like aha moment I was like Brooke oh my god she does this and this and this and this and it all relates to da 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 there is this one character in the film, Renee, who is the main party uh, promoter, and she is sober. And you kind of clock that in the very beginning because it's very integral to the story, to the plot line, uh, where she's at a bar. She's at the bar, and uh, she's at her bar. She owns the bar, which is kind of crazy to think about yeah a sober person owning a club uh yeah i mean it happens i i met yeah. one of my one of the bartenders that was uh one of the bartenders that was uh serving us on when was it on monday yael and i for memorial day i i was drinking my diet soda at the bar and yael was going crazy with all these like fancy cocktails and so I was like, okay, well, I'll just watch you, and of course, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll get, I'll, I'll pick up the tab, but because uh, I invited her, but the the bartender was like thirty five years sober, and wow, yeah, and so he like gave me a bunch of like free juices and and all of these things, and I was like, oh, okay, work, and you know, it's really interesting because. It was almost like a confirmation from the universe that, you know, I'm sober and I, you know, I've, you're the, you, you were one of the first people that I told, um, that I was going to go through this. And, uh, you know, obviously being at a bar is already triggering enough three day weekends. Everyone's, everyone is super festive and I'm just like, you know, there's no benefits to drinking for me right now. Just chemically, like my brain just does not respond well to, to alcohol. And uh, I was at the bar feeling kind of like, eh. I was like, all right. We were at the Biltmore and, um, you know, beautiful, like Spanish Beaux-Arts and just gorgeous setting. And uh, listening to Sergio, I think was his name. Yeah, listening to Sergio tell me that he was 35 years sober. I was like, and working a bar. I, 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 I was like, oh, then this is, this is completely possible. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. so Renee's instance, yeah, that, that's when she was at her bar in Party Girl, uh, she's approached by uh, Parker Posey's friend. Uh, remind me his name again? Leo. Leo. Leo, yeah, played by Guillermo Diaz, yeah. Leo approaches Renee, and Renee yells out, where's my mocktail, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, I was like... Yeah, because Parker's, like, on-and-off-again boyfriend, uh, played by Leo Shriver, he's behind the bar, he's like, he's like, bouncer, barman, whatever, yeah. Love interest. Yeah. Yeah, Leo approaches 
Renee to he's a DJ and he wants to DJ the club. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she yells at Leah Schreiber to make her a mocktail, which I thought was very specific. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. How how specific to order a mocktail? And then of course a mocktail that that does play into the role that Renee has and the relationship that she builds with um with Parker's character with Mary. And uh yeah. but the the opening scene of the film, I you know, you and I both saw um Lady Bunny, who in the credits <laughs> was credited as uh as itself so lady bunny playing itself which i thought was really hilarious because there were a lot of instances too in the film where uh mary says what did she say she's like yes mama or something like that and i looked i i yeah. turned to you and i was like oh my god like people are still talking like this you know uh almost yeah. like 20 years later and more and I, and then, and then, yeah, I, 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 you were the one that noticed Lady Bunny's, um, Lady Bunny's credit. And I, I, I figured maybe Lady Bunny didn't want to adhere to any pronouns or anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I wonder, I mean, yeah, you, like you said, the movie came out in 1995. So it reminded <laughs> me of Alexis Stone. Alexis Stone is one of my clients. She's a drag queen, but has never been on RuPaul and actually prides herself as being one of the few drag queens that has made it without RuPaul's, you know, um, help, so to speak. But I remember one time when they asked her uh, in the questions on IG, uh, what are your pronouns? And and Alexis was like, it, they, cunt. (laughs) 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 So I feel like... (laughs) I feel like it's kind of, I don't know, it sounds like it would be customary for a drag queen to just refer to themselves as that, but I don't know. We'd have to ask Lady Bunny herself, or itself. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Right? But the opening scene, right? Lady Bunny, she's in the staircase, you already have this, like, like, you're going, it reminded me of Run Lola Run, you know, like that chaotic, like, first scene. Yeah, you see Parker Posey, uh, Mary, in... Vivian Westwood and I told you right off the bat I told Brooke I was like oh my god she's wearing a salon corset from 1992 and it was and I and interestingly enough I told you right I have I have the corset I have you have the corset I know I have the short sleeve I have the short sleeve version right here (laughs) <laughs> oh my god it's so beautiful i'm showing brooke in uh on on zoom camera yeah i i immediately clocked it and you were like wait those shorts look like todd oldham right yeah and and yeah. we did we found out that uh they were todd they were oldham, todd oldham. <laughs> yeah and and interestingly enough, there was another, um, there were two more appearances of uh, Vivian Westwood pieces. Mary's friend, uh, I forget his name, Derek. Derek is wearing yeah. um, a Cafe Society uh, leopard button-up. And he turns around and there, that, that's, I think that was like the scene where they established that Mary was a fashion girl because they're in her closet, right? And he's like, 
And Derek tells her, why do you have so many genes? They're all the same. And, and she tells, yeah. And then Mary tells Derek, no, they're not. They're all different. <laughs> Don't mix the Gautier with the et cetera. And then you're like, oh, okay. So she seems like the kind of girl that has a, like, a trust fund, right? That her mother, who, had, who passes away, who had passed away, they, made, they, they referenced that multiple times in the film. I, I think she definitely left Mary a, a, a sum of money. They have a pretty good apartment loft in, in New York. It reminded me of, you know that, have you ever read that book by Patti Smith, Kids? It, it chronicles... Yes, I love I, that book. I, oh, that's one of my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of my favorite, favorite books. Uh, I love it so much. But yeah, you're right. It's like, it's very much like of that time of like early, I mean, let alone Patti Smith was talking about like the seven, 70s. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, living in these huge like artist lofts in like downtown New York um, and just being creative and like young and yeah. Yeah. Like making it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you might have a job, you might not, you might have a trust fund, you might like sell drugs. Like you might like there's, or you might be a sex worker. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then there was another, uh, I'm jumping all over the place because of course the Vivian Westwood references were the ones that stood out to me the most. Um, yeah. The, the scene, the party scene, the main party scene where uh, Mary starts spiraling. Venus, who is the go-go dancer, uh, the futuristic mm-hmm. go-go dancer. In this instance, the party was themed um, like Arabian Nights. And <laughs> yeah, her birthday... <laughs> And Venus is, uh, and Venus is dancing atop the the platform, and she has uh, a pair of uh, Vivian Westwood shoes on. I, but I think throughout the film, uh, you and I, because I mean, of course, are you playing with yeah. something? Are you playing with like something? Stop that! Okay, Stop okay, that. okay. Yeah, cause it's all over your. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Yeah, like I won't be able. I won't, no, it's okay. I was just like, "What's that rustling?" Uh, I was making. <laughs> it's just here. In my I was ear. making origami cranes. Uh, <laughs> so I'll stop. <laughs> Sorry. No, don't be. It's okay. So, uh, yeah, those the, throughout the entire film, there there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of instances where, well, we didn't like all of Mary's outfits there was yeah there was one particular one that both you and I but we were like "Mm, she's spending way too much time in this but what was it so it's actually hilariously the outfit that she has on the cover like the movie poster and like the cover of the movie yeah so it's um she has like I think three or four uh comme de garçon like different colored t-shirts and they're all sort of like at different lengths and they're all like layered and then she has a little pair of hot pants and some tights on and like big hoop earrings yeah. yeah it's it's forever obviously immortalized in the film obviously but yeah it's it's literally her main it's like her main look like she spends the most time in it it's on the cover of you know the dvd it's all, it's the movie poster it's like the main outfit <laughs> Like you Google party girl, it's like the main outfit. And you and I both were like, uh, yeah. this is kind of basic. Yeah. I told you I told you it looked like some body map uh 
right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is probably like yeah. body map, which I, I, I mentioned to Brooke, I learned about body map because of the auctions. There were, there are always body map uh, ensembles. And for those of you that aren't aware with body map, they're a London based brand. And I believe they're sort of the precursor to all of the Nike uh, athleisure and uh, they they had all of these separates and I mean it was it was revolutionary to wear those pieces during the 80s and and late and as they were coming up but uh, that it was all very yeah that outfit was all very reminiscent of that and I'm not a crazy I'm not a fan so much of of body map uh just because it looks like everything else now you know but when it came out it was was groundbreaking but um totally there were also a pair of shoes that you were you went down a spiral after after the after the (laughs) (laughs) after the the film ended you were like what were those shoes she wore them several times right when she was approaching uh the falafel stand yeah yeah mustafa Mm -hmm. um so they're these uh, it's like kind of hard to describe them but they're literally they look like a white like soccer or like football cleat or some kind of like sport cleat like could even be baseball because i guess it has the like long tongue but it looks like a football or soccer cleat but it has like a little like kitten heel on it Mm -hmm. and i was like the fuck she wears them with like four outfits or something and they kept coming back and we were like what are these shoes and so i of course was like i'm i'm determined to find them like i'm still like i kind of let it go because i've been busy and like have had other things going on after you know oh yeah (laughs) it's for like i'm gonna find them like i'm gonna find them And and you know when we were sitting and i was kind of like on my phone after the movie like looking for them there have been so many you know iterations of them even like in the last decade or whatever, a lot of designers have sort of like done something yeah. like that. Like Mew Mew had a cute pair, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to find those white ones. I swear to God, I'm going <laughs> to find the white ones. But um, before we get like, I mean, obviously we're already in it, Yeah. but I did want to kind of talk about the production of the movie oh, yeah. because I, in my research, I was like, this is insane. Oh my God. Tell me. So obviously it's, uh, it's, it's a really small film. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely like classified as like an indie in very many ways. Um, but like you said, so the movie came out in 1995. Mm-hmm. Hilariously, which I didn't know, it must be like Cosmos, Kismet, woo-woo shit. Yeah. Um, the movie actually, so the movie premiered almost exactly 28 years ago. To the day? It, like yeah so today is june we're recording on june 2nd yeah the movie premiered june 3rd 1995 oh wow isn't that amazing that's i was like so... looking and i was like wait what <laughs> that's so funny you know i follow this account called defunct fashion and yeah. he posted parker posey last night and uh-huh. uh, the the leopard look with the um, I, it's one of the first looks that she that that you're like oh wow like you know she's really bold, uh, and I was like why I was like how I was like why like why 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 is he talking about why I mean why are we referencing her right now, but yeah yeah, yeah. 
That's so, what a great coincidence. Also, what's really interesting about the release, other than it's like, you know, almost to the day, um, is that it the movie actually premiered on the internet. What? Yeah, so it's not like, you know, they went to a red carpet somewhere and like had a big premiere or anything like that. The movie was so small. They did this whole thing. Um, where people like logged into the like production website uh-huh. for the production company, and Parker like went live essentially. Like, and this is back in 1995. This is insane. Yeah, she like did a little speech beforehand and like introduced the movie, and they played the movie on the internet. Wow. And that's how people that's how people saw the movie for the first time, which I thought was so cool. Oh, innovative. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. In the film, I mean, obviously it's a movie about a young person figuring out who they are, um, but it is so directly tied to the library. And there are many points in the movie where, you know, her godmother, yeah. where Judy says, like, this is a dying art. This is a di- li- like being a librarian and reading books. She was like, young people don't read books anymore. They watch <laughs> movies and they da da da. And so, you know, that obviously happening back in the 90s and thinking about where we are today, but the movie premiered on the internet. That's so, so crazy. It, just, like, really, it really tickled me. But, um, a little more production info. So the budget in total uh-huh. for the movie was, and you think about it, it's like this uh, includes the costumes. This includes your camera equipment. This includes literally everything as a whole. They only had $150,000 wow. to make this movie. Wow. Like straight up. That's like... <laughs> That is no money. Like it really, like shoestring budget. Yeah, shoestring budget. No wonder, um, um no wonder Mary had to steal clothing in the film. It was probably <laughs> <laughs> talk about life well, imitating art or advice. Totally, versa. yeah. So, uh-huh. so the movie, the movie was written um, and directed. There were other writers on the film, but um, directed by Daisy von Schurler Meyer mm-hmm. was the director. The costume design was by Michael Clancy. And so there's this really great Vogue um, article that came out a few years ago surrounding the 25th anniversary of the film, um, where Vogue brought in Parker and Daisy and Michael, and they kind of like talk about the film and like, you know, just sort of reminisce about everything. Uh And that's the thing, like they talk about how there was no money and they had to basically like, beg, borrow, and steal just to get the costumes. And so, so many of the costumes were, you know, uh, we like to call them sort of like actors own. Yeah. So it's like if, if a character is pretty close to, you know, um, what your actor sort of dresses like in real life, like sometimes we'll have the actors bring in their own things just to kind of like mix in, especially if we don't have a lot of budget. And it's like that also on photo shoots and literally everything yeah but um we call it like actors own so there was a ton of actors own designers own michael um mentioned that he uh brought a bunch of his own designer clothes and clothes from his closet as well as his assistant costume designer interesting um whose name is leaving me but they brought their own stuff daisy brought their own stuff they borrowed a ton of shit and hilariously you just brought up this moment they have um, at this house party where Derek, <laughs> Derek and Mary 
are like in the like sort of the bedroom where everyone kind of like brings their coats, you know, and like all the coats are like dumped on the bed. Yeah. But they're like having a conversation at this house party in this bedroom. And Mary starts to like go uh, through the closet. <laughs> yeah. And she starts stealing. Yeah. <laughs> she starts like stealing from this closet and she pulls out this like red Chanel jacket. Yeah. And she was like, ooh, Chanel yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that jacket is actually there's it's really cute. So Michael, the designer, uh, was really good friends with famed editor uh, who at the time was at Vogue, mm-hmm. um, but he was really good friends with Hamish Bowles. Oh, wow. Everyone I'm sure has seen images of Hamish. Like he's a fashion legend. Yeah. He's so amazing. He was also good friends with Andre Leon Talley, but Hamish at the time was obviously at Vogue and borrowed quote unquote the, that specific jacket from the Vogue closet Wow! and lent it to Michael and said, you can have this for like one day, essentially, but I need it right back. Yeah. So I would love to kind of like learn more about that sort of transaction because I'm like, did Hamish steal that? Did he like write that out? Was that documented? Was that borrowed? Like what? I mean, what are we talking about? Here? I wonder, I wonder if, anyone knew um i mean of course it's hard to tell right especially with that budget like the how how much of a cult classic the film was going to become years later but yeah that's it's so interesting that that chanel jacket is brought up because i mean i would i would think that it was just on a loan right i mean but yeah it is funny that it is the 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 item being stolen in the film so (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, So yeah, it was really, I mean, we're going to answer our own question kind of here. But in this article, and, you know, from what I've sort of read about the film and the costume design from the jump, because they had no money, Mm -hmm. and they were sort of using what they had and borrowing clothes and yeah doing like PR polls and Michael, and I think a couple of the other um, producers were really good friends with Todd Oldham so they borrowed a bunch of pieces from Todd Oldham for the film but from what I've read you know if you think about the mid 90s it was mostly like grunge right yeah it was like grunge and sort of this like uh we obviously had high fashion you think about yeah like Vivian Westwood and like mid 90s like Prada was huge and you think about like the Calvin Kleins and like all of the sort of there's obviously so many different aspects to fashion now and then Mm -hmm. but what Michael has kind of talked about and I think they touch on this in that Vogue article was that what they kind of wanted to do with Mary's character specifically is almost like no one was really dressing like first of all no one dresses like that really at all (laughs) But they wanted to kind of make sure that she is like the character was so, so like um, well designed. Yeah. And like they were mixing so many different things together. And like, you know, it was also a lot of Parker's influence and like what she deemed fashionable at the time. And it was sort of just like this amalgamation of so many different things and ideas that it really like. At the time, yeah, and I'm sure in the designing of the film, they were like, okay, well, we're kind of doing our own thing here. And in that, 
I mean, that's sort of where it clicks in and it becomes timeless because you can't really place. She wears, she wears like um, this like 1940s blue blazer underneath that leopard sort of shawl collar coat that she has on at the beginning. Mm-hmm. She wears a lot of vintage in the movie, yeah. which is so cool. And so, yeah, there's you can't really place it. Obviously, we we know and understand that it's mid 90s. And so we we see it that way but in the film you can't really place a lot of her looks no. and that's the beauty that's the beauty of shopping vintage and mixing with contemporary and you know all of those didn't they make a reference to that when she's selling her she's selling her clothing <laughs> at the <laughs> yeah. like at what looks like a crossroads for anyone familiar with crossroads it's a um, or for those not familiar with crossroads it's, it's a consignment store here in LA it's akin to i don't know like what would you call it? Like a like, like a Buffalo exchange. exchange, exactly. Yeah. So she looks like she's at a crossroads, and uh, she's selling all of these pieces. And the woman, right? She's the consigner is going through them, and uh, I, I get, I right off the bat, I knew exactly how much she was going to offer because she grabs a garment, and and uh, the woman behind the counter tells Mary, "I'll give you thirty dollars for that," <laughs> and then. <laughs> Mary's like, that's a Jean-Paul Gaultier. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then the lady is like, yeah, well, it's missing two buttons. And, yep. and then she references uh, the, I believe it's a Kenzo jacket that she's trying to also sell. And then more Jean-Paul Gaultier, that green ensemble. And then uh, the vintage, right? She's like, well, the vintage, I think I, I think she alludes, the, the woman behind the counter, I think, alludes to the the price of vintage as being nil, you know, because there's no, yeah. it's, there's no yeah. label. She's like, this is not worth anything. And so <laughs> I was like, it's just so, it's, 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 it was, it was really, I mean, what I love about the film too, aside uh, besides the fashion, right? Because you said something um, that no one really dresses like that, right? Yeah. I think um, I don't know if you're familiar with this um, with her, but um, I I only know her moniker from from TikTok, trust fund girl, trust fund goth girl, or something like that. She's, no, who she, is this person? She is so chaotic, and she's um, I think the way wait, wait wait no, I she goes by tiny Jewish girl, right? She goes, oh, I know her. Okay, yeah, I know that girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what's her name? I can't think of what her name is. I'll look it up um, right now. Yeah, she's great. She dresses like this. She dresses she, like that. Yeah. She yeah, but she's also like yeah, she lives in New York and she's yeah, a fashion head. Yes. Um, Clara. Yeah, she's great. Clara Clara, Clara there we go. Yeah. Clara per- Pearl Mutter. So uh tiny Jewish girl has that the hodgepodge uh just mixes prints with the, I mean, yeah, some of her outfits are really out there and I think that that would probably be the extreme of a highly stylized character you know the, like yeah. compared to the one that mary plays but um what i like about the film you know besides the fashion is just how uh contemporary it still feels you know like mm-hmm. especially like the baseline plot it's like you know it's about this young girl mary's 24 years old in the film 
she's turning 25, which is, you know, uh, I remember turning 25 and I like, it, it feels such a, it, like 25 is such a definitive age, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Cause you're not 30, but you're not 20, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's about this girl, you know, Mary, she turns 25 in the film and she's trying to find out what her interests are, you know, and um, there's a lot of childhood trauma that she is dealing with. And I told you, right, I was like, mm. they reference her mother's lo- like the loss of her mother a lot. And also, lot, and, yeah. and Judy, who is the only, you know, according to the film or the, 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 the storyline, uh, Mary's only living relative who is, uh, you know, she is a very, she's very, she's kind, she's loving and she's, but she's also overbearing, you know, I think out of, out of pure necessity because she sees that Mary has no guidance because time and time and again, she tells Mary, you're exactly like your mom who had no common sense, you know? (laughs) And so, which was, it was so harsh. It's like, you know, yeah. She 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 uh berates Mary for um not understanding the Dewey Decimal System. Tells her that a monkey could have that a mo- that monkeys have been able to uh get it. You know, uh sooner than she has, and so, uh yeah. So it's this girl. You know, she's like it's a second coming of age, and uh, she's figuring herself out. She's dealing with a lot of trauma and she turns to alcohol and drugs to, uh, you know, numb herself and, 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 and just get rid of that, like, get out of that headspace. And in the process, she actually does hurt a lot of people. Um, she hurts Mustafa, the secondary love interest. Or would he's, he's the main love interest, I would say. He's the main one, yeah. The- Leah Schreiber, <laughs> Derek is like, or not Derek, uh, Nigel. Nigel. Nigel is Leah Schreiber. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Nigel. Leah yes. Schreiber. She's also really mean to 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 Nigel. There's a scene where like it's insinuated that he is going to like sexually assault her if she didn't, you know. So like she she puts herself in in all of these very precarious situations because she doesn't you know, she has no guidance. And, um, and so, you know, there's, there's that really funny scene at the end of the film where, you know, she's, Mary's had her spiral. She's had sex in the library. She's ruined priceless books and, um, Mm -hmm. she gets fired. And then, uh, she, uh, then has that, that like epiphany, right. Where she's going up the stairs and those like, cute Ferragamo-esque shoes. I told you that mm-hmm. that cross pin looked like it it was Chanel only because I had yeah. <laughs> I actually had a piece very similar to that a long time ago. And um <laughs> and Renee is the one the like the the intervention like the interventionist um yeah in that scene <laughs> where she she's, tries to throw her an intervention. Yeah she's at like her, at oh, her own birthday party. At her own birthday yeah <laughs> Because Mary, yeah, because Mary has a, a, uh, it's so funny because Mary has such a drastic change of heart. She sees that all of her friends have gathered at her loft 
and she starts ripping yeah. off all of the party decorations. And then Renee, the club owner, is like, "Oh my God, she's worse. She's in a worse condition than we all thought." <laughs> this is, and then when she's like, "I want to be a librarian," and then Renee's like, "She's hit rock bottom." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The like two storylines from that, like we're seeing it. Yeah, sort of. We obviously know Mary's intentions, right? Mm-hmm. But hilariously like renee has only known mary as this party girl and yeah. like, sees that she yeah like is like a really like hardcore party girl so she yeah. wants to help her meanwhile like you know <laughs> judy is like on the way to like have a serious meeting with mary about her future and probably like again cutting her off because judy has been you know, financially supporting her goddaughter. Yeah. It's like, so yeah. she's like, we have, I, I have to have this serious meeting. Like everyone leave, like you have to get out. And then like the stripper shows up, like the cop shows up. Right. <laughs> what does he say? Uh, sex slaves have no rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Judy. It's like, you didn't, yeah, I think it's like Renee or Judy. Someone says like, you didn't read her, yeah. her Miranda rights. Because sex slaves yeah. have no rights, and then he like rips his uniform <laughs> off. Oh my god! Yeah, he was about to like book Mary, quote unquote, and take her downtown. And someone else, uh, I think V, I think V, I think it was Venus, Venus right? yeah, Venus, the go-go dancer who was at the party. She was like, "Wait, we are down, we are in downtown, like we are downtown." <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, it's 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 really. The, the film is so cute if you haven't and you know it's really interesting because of course the writing isn't stellar or it's not it's not supposed to make you think too too much you know um it it does seem like it was written by uh, by a recovering alcoholic first and foremost and secondly <laughs> it um by just you feel a lot of like teenage angst you know it's like yeah that yeah. Like like Mary is just discovering existentialism, you know, and she's reading uh Albert Camus because Mustafa tells her about the myth of Sisyphus and uh mm-hmm. you know and and it's just it, it's just everything is very like uh on a whim with her, you know, even her her librarian career which just no you know it's like you kind of I would have loved the part 2 because uh I don't know what that would have entailed, but I really would have liked to have seen if Mary... Well, actually, you know, it's really interesting because there is a scene right... Be- when she's wearing that brocade suit that you uh, that you pointed out that we like so much. Oh, yeah. That, so she wears, at one point, she wears mm. this... Um, there's actually... It's so funny. There's a designer, a design team that I recently worked with. Yeah. Um, and I put a client in a suit that's very, very similar to this suit that we it was see so on screen, chic. but it's so chic. It's this like cream colored, um, yeah, like suit coordinate. And it has like floral stripes going down it. Um, it's sort of like 
brocade wallpaper-esque. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but that actually, I was reading about it this morning and Parker Posey bought that at some vintage store in Austin, Texas. Wow. She was like, oh yeah, I was on a movie, like I was shooting in Austin and I found this suit and then I just thought it would be so cool. So I brought it in to like wear for the movie for Party Girl. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? That's her <laughs> own? Because we were trying to place it. Yeah. And we loved it so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what it was. It's, she said it's just some like 1970s like vintage Label. thing she bought. Wow. Like, yeah. Um, well, it was that scene where, you know, she looks she looks the part. She starts looking the part of yeah. an actual librarian. And then Judy, the her godmother, the main librarian, pulls her away and right as right as uh, Mary is starting to crack jokes, you know those like the the like clerk jokes like oh can you believe that this was filed under <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um yeah, that was that was one of my favorite looks. And then yeah, I mean going back to that, I I do think that perhaps you know, once Mary in the future now that she's gotten her um librarian studies underway, uh she would have probably excelled i mean she's very yeah you know i wonder what sign she is <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm sure someone's figured it out or someone yeah someone might know um apparently when so i guess like when they were trying to cast for the film um you know daisy von Schurler meyer the director was working with the casting agent and they were trying to you know sort of put together a list of young women that they wanted to look at for the role of Mary. And I guess the casting director, uh, you know, had seen Parker Posey around New York and in auditions, you know, for the last however many years that, you know, she'd been working or whatever, but she, in their early conversations, uh, the casting director, I guess, was like, oh, I know the perfect person for this, for this role, because apparently Parker Posey would just show up to auditions as a, you know, a young actress in New York in these like extravagant, like wild outfits. Cause she just like loved fashion so much. And she was such a shocker. And what's hilarious. Yeah. What's hilarious too, is that um, I guess when they were holding auditions, Parker was like out of town on a job or like she wasn't available for the first auditions. And so Daisy had um, just a phone call with her just to kind of, you know, chat through the role and see if it was even a good idea to bring her in. Mm. And I guess on that phone call, um, after they were talking about the character, <laughs> Parker apparently said, I have over 80 pairs of shoes. I have to get this part. Which I thought was like so funny i was just like yeah she literally she really really was perfect for this oh she was she is mary like straight up she's mary or was mary <laughs> yeah i don't it's 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 hard to imagine anyone else that would have been as uh i mean as effective to deliver this you know she has such a I mean, when I I remember, um, my friend actually was the one who made me, um, who introduced me to this film, and she has such an affect in her voice where it's it's almost like it's it's deadpanned, 
and uh but it's it's also like very endearing um i mean she was that fashion girl as well there was that gucci uh baby well no she wore it in like bright yellow that fox chubby uh, oh yeah that uh i had it in in baby blue last year and while i was doing the research you know she came up as one of the people that owned that piece so i'm like that i mean there was nothing i mean the the great denoter of style and you know sexiness was tom ford at that time so it just it, it makes sense that uh that she would also fit into that role during that time i think 97 98 before we kind of like wrap up yeah i mean what's your what's your favorite outfit Ooh. or like what are your two like top two top let's two? say outfits easy top two or top three top. i don't know there's so many good ones is the problem so i'm like i don't well <laughs> i don't know I top okay so uh definitely for me like top two top two for me okay the the her opening look she's getting arrested yeah. in vivian westwood todd oldham i mean fucking iconic right it's like yes Yes. Um, I told you there were several instances in the film where I, where I was like, oh my God, I did that. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, when she's showering with Leo and then, like that weird, like, oh, just, yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorite outfits. And then my second favorite outfit is when she realizes that she's an existential existentialist. Uh, she's in the the Jean Paul Gaultier cable knit jumper with that like yep. with the stomacher, you know, like the yep. the the peaked um the peaked front uh uh section. And I remember uh-huh. I remember t- I was like, wait, no, I've seen that. I'm like, I've seen that type of cable knit, like the nodes and everything. And uh-huh. um, I was uh-huh. like, I bet it's fucking Jean Paul Gaultier, and you confirmed that it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I know with the leather pants. It's so chic. Yes. Like I love, I love like a chunky knit. Yeah. Like a cream chunky knit with like a hot leather pant. Oh my god. Cute. Oh my god. It's Cute. such a good look. Cute. It's such a good look. Yeah. Those were my. That's, yeah. Two good ones, and those are probably also my top two, uh-huh. and then some alternates that I want to like. Okay, tell throw me. In as well. Yeah. Um, she, at one point, which I think she also tries to sell towards the end of the movie when she's trying to make money for rent, which we, we talked about, she goes to the consignment store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's getting it. She's getting evicted. <laughs> so she's trying, she's trying to make rent, um, which, you know what, <laughs> been there, <laughs> like, uh, not like evicted, but like <laughs> trying to like oh, yeah. make rent. It's like, okay, what can I sell? <laughs> but she wears this, um green skirt suit it's a green gautier skirt suit and she actually wears it also she goes um i think it might actually be in the montage part where she's trying to like sort of win back mustafa's affection after she had uh you know sort of like um what do i want to say after she like stood him up for their date or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) she like keeps going back to the falafel cart and like all these she's going like it played like she's going like every day she's in like 
this really cute montage of like all these different looks. But it's this, um, it's like a green skirt suit by Gautier. And it looks like she has like a little sort of like flu vog type shoe. Oh, yeah. Like a cute little black heel. Yeah. And it's kind of, yeah, she's at this point, she's sort of, yeah, like getting more into her like library era. You yeah. know, she's starting to dress for the part. So I loved that outfit. I also really loved, um, there was one, um, well, the leopard print coat moment where she goes to like ask uh, Judy for money where she had, yes. it's like the, we talked about it. Yeah. It's like the le- the leopard print, like shawl collar coat over the, it's like, yeah, it's over that like 1940s, like Navy blazer. And she has the little pussy bow blouse underneath. Like she looks so, so good. She looks so good in that outfit. So those are probably, yeah, like my tops, I think. There's so many good ones, which is the problem. It's like, oh, but what about that? <laughs> the the one I there's there's a particular hat that she wears in one scene. Uh, <gasps> the black that one. Black. I know exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, oh my god, that black velvet hat. What outfit is that with? I don't remember, it's, but I remember the hat. It's a black blazer and it's a multi-striped. Uh, skirt that comes uh it's over the knee and uh she wears it with black tights and she's she's of course like going again to the to to mustafa and it's in the scene uh-huh. where he's he's offering a buy one get one pita so <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 he's, so, he's not doing well he's not doing well <laughs> because the op- the opposing, uh, the opposing falafel cart is like, <laughs> yeah, but uh, he wins at the end because of uh, yeah. of the promotion that she was able, that Parker Posey, that Mary was able to get um, during the Arabian Nights um, mm-hmm. themed party where he was selling, uh, he was selling the, uh, he was making falafel, and then he. He gets mad because he's like, no one wants to buy falafel right now. He's like, why? And she was like, it's yeah. it's funny. Just stand there. It's fun. And then. <laughs> Which is so, it, yeah, it's like so disrespectful, it, like in the moment. And you're like, I mean, okay, first of all, she's like dating this Lebanese guy. And then she decides to have like an Arabian night themed birthday party. She like has her like boyfriend bring his falafel cart, and she's like, "It's just funny that you're here." Like that's so fucked up. Like that's so. You know what's? But then, uh-huh. you're right. It's like, you know, every like all the party kids that were at her birthday like remember the cart and start to yeah like patron his cart, and so he starts to do well. That party scene where she spirals um, her birthday, basically, is Ugh. probably, she's, like, the most unlikable in the entire movie. Like, yeah, she, 100%. She, you know, but it makes sense, like, that that's, you know, that's addiction. Like, that's <laughs> that's what Yeah, being... that is the lowest end of partying. Yeah. That is, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's, that's putting it lightly. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. She's, yeah. she's uh, using terrible expletives towards her friends and uh, mocking her, like, love interest. And she's she passes out on the dance floor because she takes so many drugs. Remember, they alluded to her taking some 
really hard drugs because she was like, I just need to <laughs> like get out of like my body or like my head. She says something to that effect. And um Yeah, she said the line is uh she, yeah, she goes to like whatever these, these two guys, guys yeah. And, and they're like, What do you want? And she says, I want something. She's like, I want a mind-altering substance that will give my future children gills. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. You have a really good memory. Or it's not, no, it's something that's to that, ex- effect, that was yeah. exactly it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's the just that idea. I'm like, oh yeah. Like that is, yeah. And you I you were like, I wonder what it is. It's probably like acid. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That was absolutely. It was. Oh my god! Of course, it was acid. What else could it be? It's like ecstasy doesn't. You know, you just you. Yeah, no. (laughs) Not like I would know. (laughs) Uh I don't don't know. No. Um. Oh my god! What a fun time, though. I I did. I do. I I do want to thank you for for having me over at your place. It's always a pleasure. Uh, oh, I'm I'm happy to do it. Yeah, I will, I was thinking I was like, oh, you know, because we've had some people write in with like movie ideas yeah. and you know, um, and a friend of mine actually like a while ago, we were talking about Party Girl, and I was like, I feel like that would be such a fun one to yeah. do, and so it's just kind of always been like top of mind, and then randomly, Kismet, what again, what have you, yeah. the woo out there, um. Yeah, I was like, let's do it this week. And then it just happens to be the the anniversary yeah. like of the premiere, which is so cool. So yeah, thanks for coming. I'm it, it it is a really interesting film. I mean, it's a cult classic. Um, there are so many great elements to the movie, but yeah, we were it really was funny watching it and being in the moment and being like, um, wait, everything uh, that like all of the themes, yeah. all of the themes here at Party Girl, like we talk about <laughs> on the fitting room and like have lived and um yeah pretty pretty interesting stuff yeah yeah it it was um i know that's that's i mean even down to what we were eating like the mediterranean food yeah well it was yeah coincided (laughs) i just remember i remember her order she orders it every single time it's just like her her falafel order and so yeah when i was trying to figure out what to make yeah, what to make for dinner? I was like, oh, I was like, we'll have falafel. So, um, yeah, we we had falafel as well. Yeah, um, but I did I did um, want to talk about just briefly because I wasn't aware until you know you and I were sitting after and kind of like looking up the costumes and kind of you know revisiting all of our looks that we really love. But it's really sad. So the designer um, Michael Clancy who has designed so many amazing films um had a a very very long career in film um actually passed away i believe it was in 2022 just almost a year ago um and it's so sad because i mean yeah his work across his career is incredible but i i was reading this thing um where he said you know in 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 meeting new people or whatever you know so often it comes up and it's like, oh, like, what do you do? And, you know, for designers or for creatives or, you know, how many times have we had this conversation where someone asks us like, oh, like, what do you do? Like, 
oh, I'm a stylist or, oh, I'm a costume designer. Oh, do, have you worked with anyone famous or have you done anything that like I might have seen? Mm-hmm. So he said um, in this thing that I read this morning where, you know, he would sort of have to, you know, list off his resume or his credits. Right. And he was like, it was, it was more often than not where I would kind of mention a few things and then say, oh, well, I designed Party Girl. And almost everyone was like, oh, I love yeah. I love Party Girl. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, like those costumes yeah. are iconic. So it really is such a special fashion film. Um, and his designs are so beautiful and so thoughtful and smart and fun. And I just, um, yeah, just to think of like, the overall budget was $150,000. Like I can't even imagine what the costume budget was like so tiny, but to, you know, borrow, beg, borrow and steal and put these iconic looks together is, I mean, that's talent. Yeah. um, Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I love it. Um, It's a, yeah, it's, it's again, it's a, it's a feel good film. Um, it still feels very current. Uh, it's yeah. a lot. It's a film that a lot of people from different walks of life and different age groups can relate to, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's not supposed to be taken seriously by any means, but it definitely still like it has a resounding um, uh, plot line. So I think, yeah, I think yeah. if you haven't watched it, please watch it. Um, I hadn't watched it in in in, in its entirety, um, ironically because I was always partying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so every time I started watching it, I'd get I'd like it'd be like you know to like get ready, getting ready to go out or like yeah, yeah. my friend uh, my best friend Dio uh, who helps me design and we've made things in the past uh back in the day i say this almost like 10 years ago when we first met um we would put on we would blast uh dior's haute couture uh fall winter 2000 collection i believe it was the one that was inspired by the matrix and then um and then the 1995 um and then the 1995 terry mugler the one where like i think it's like the, the 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 circus the winter circus collection um, mm-hmm. had the best like soundtrack of uh, from like a runway and we would just get ready to go out and, and listen to that and then we put on Party Girl to get inspiration we were kids you know what I mean so um, yeah so yeah it was all very apropos but I loved it thank you so much for suggesting it this is this was actually really fun hey. um, yeah I loved it I, I mean the movie is so great it's always a fun one to revisit of course and then again yeah it's like can't believe that it premiered 28 yeah almost yeah. to the day on yeah, the internet on the internet <laughs> like, another thing that i really wanted to talk about and that i love so much in regards to the costumes is uh the use of hosiery mm. she wears so many different tights and um even like colorful ones patterned ones almost every look with a short has like a tight underneath and I just thought it's just it's so cute and cool and like you know I 
have a huge hosiery collection. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but I just, I really, I was like, yeah, girl. I was like, wear those tights. I love the use of the hosiery in the film. And, and also just like the accessories across the board. Um, you know, the Chanel pin that you clocked, yeah. I, the hat again that we talked about, um, and the, like her use of gloves and everything. Like it just, all those little, little details. I just really, really loved, um, but yeah, yeah, I love it. No, in. I mean, of course that <laughs> you would end, you would end the episode with that. I love it. Um, <laughs> oh well, this was fun. Um, well, if y'all have any suggestions for us for any films that you want us to dissect and discuss on the Fitting Room Pod, please feel free to text us uh or dm us and we will have another movie night maybe i'll i'll bring food i'll bring food this time (laughs) all i eat is raw fish (laughs) (laughs) i know i was like hey i'm making eggplant parm and you're like i don't eat gluten and i was like fuck (laughs) we're having falafel (laughs) yeah well you were making yeah you were making um pasta right like like the like noodles or well yeah, I was gonna make yeah, I was gonna make eggplant parm yeah. and like a yeah, a side of like yeah. spaghetti, like, like olio aolio or something. Um, but then yeah, when you when you were like, Oh, I'm not eating gluten or sugar right now, I was like, fuck. And I was like, okay. So yeah, I had a menu change, but hilariously, I was like, wait, we'll do falafel because that's literally like <laughs> one of the main themes and like plots of the movie is this falafel it. cart. Um, so yeah, so we had a little like Mediterranean spread, but, um, yeah, yeah, we'll do something. Maybe we'll do like, we should do like moonstruck and like, yeah, Italian, but we, I can make you zoodles or something. (laughs) That zucchini (laughs) plate that you made was really good. I told, so I told Brooke that if she had, uh, like a cooking segment or like a cooking reel every so often, I would definitely tune in because I didn't know that that was something that I liked, but I'm like, huh, I really, I mean, I don't have the time to make any of these things, but I'll definitely watch it. (laughs) You're so funny. Yeah. Yeah, We were like eating and you were like, you're a good cook. You're a really good cook. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. Those. Those like almond paste, like stuffed dates and chocolate. I'm like, whoa, like talk about a great, like feel good dessert. Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) probably the only sugar I've had in like 10 days. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, We will see you next week. Yeah. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thanks so much for joining us at the Fitting Room Podcast this week. You can find me on socials at Stylist Brooke. You can find Johnny at Pachuga underscore Vintage. You can find us at Fitting Room Pod. And now you can call or text Johnny and I at 724-CHAT-TFR. That's 724-242-8837.